The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. Hi, welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. It's an exciting show today, and it's a little bit different. Today, we've dedicated the show to this amazing interview. Today's show is extremely special. I had the absolute honor to interview one of the most amazing women I've ever spoken to, Sherry Salata. Sherry Salata is a writer-producer, a co-founder of thepillaroflife.com, and the co-host of the podcast, The Sherry and Nancy Show. Her current ventures are the evolution of her 20-year career with no other than Oprah Winfrey. Her action-packed days as executive producer of The Oprah Winfrey Show were chronicled in the acclaimed docuseries, season 25, Oprah Behind the Scenes. Sherry also served as co-president of Harpo Studios and owned The Oprah Winfrey Network. She has been named one of Fast Company's 100 Most Creative eight of people in business, the Hollywood Reporter's Women in Entertainment Power 100, and the 2017 Feminist Press Power Award. It is with great pleasure, honor, excitement, and I'm super thrilled to bring to you this amazing interview. It's so insightful with the wonderful and talented Sherry Salato. Welcome, darling. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for being our guest. And mm-hmm. you know, Sherry, thank you so much more for writing your book. I mean, a beautiful note. It was honest. It's raw. It's vulnerable. And I read some chapters holding my breath because it kind of describes each one of us. Oh, you know what? Here, that's what I'm hearing. As I'm moving out in the world and people are reading the beautiful no, I, it's so, I don't know what the word is. I feel such deep appreciation that it's resonant, that, you know, I'm just writing about myself. I'm having the conversation I need to have. I'm trying to inspire myself. And so when I hear people like you, say that they, they found themselves in the pages. Gosh, that, that really, that's something. That's really amazing. It hit so many. It's going to hit so many. And I'm sure it has already hit so many women in so many different levels because there's some perception that when you get to the top, you stand on this beautiful glass bridge and it's shiny and it's diamonds and it's gold and you're looking down and everyone is beneath you. But the truth of the matter is you're just that normal girl from the Midwest. That's the truth. And, and, and I, I always had an awareness of that, that, that my career kind of, you know, came with, uh, you know, it, it looked like not necessarily what it was. It was a joy ride. It was a dream come true career working for Oprah for all, the, all those years. But I still was just the Midwestern girl from Waukegan, Illinois, with my own struggles and my heartaches and my pains and my poor choices and all my mistakes. And I think when you sit down to to write about those things um, in an in an honest way, I'm really writing about it so I can I can transcend it, I can heal it, 
I can transform it. And this really is about my middle of life reinvention. And, and it's an offering. And if it's helpful to other people, that's, that's great. It's amazing to me in all the guests I speak to that there is really, truly, Sherry, a divide between life and career. I mean, you were the former co-president of the Oprah Winfrey Network, president of Harpo Productions. I mean, your career, your accomplishments are what dreams are made of. However, mm-hmm. there was something missing and you recognized that and you tried so hard to bury it, right? Well, I have a very, very, very wonderfully developed talent to go completely unconscious in areas of my life that I find more difficult. And I had all the information. It was not a lack of information. And that's the great paradox. The wisdom keepers, the doctors, the, the information, everything that you need to start to put together your recipe for a dream come true life. I produced it. I took notes on it. I listened attentively. I agreed. It, was, it resonated with me. But I was not willing to make those choices until I, I, I think it was almost do or die. And, and here, here's why I say that. I was 56 years old, and I knew everything, and, and I was very, very all or nothing. I would, I would get on the bandwagon of health and wellness or spirituality and happiness for a while, and then it'd be like, well, okay, I'm done with that. Now I'm on to something else. And I think it was in my f- mid-50s, I had this moment, and this was a, a very visceral fear. If not now, when? And if not now, maybe never. Right. That's what it comes down to, really. Yes. Yes. And, and times have changed. I mean, our life expectancy, if you, if you do some modest self-care, you might live till you're 95. So I was like, oh my gosh, what if I have another 40 years to live? What does that look like? And, and, and what does that look like, number one? And I can see there's a choice to make. I can just wind down the clock and say, you've had your chance at the dance and you, you had your big career. You didn't get all the boxes checked, but too bad. It's over now. Sit down. You're not interesting. You're not a demographic that matters at all to anybody. Or I could say, you know, I've had some really glorious days and areas of my life so far. What if I use them as a foundation to create the glorious, glorious days to come? So when I'm 95 or I'm 98 or I'm 99, I look back and say, good for you, Sherry. At the moment when you had that epiphany, you had a choice to make and you chose to love yourself. You chose to live the life of your dreams. And it's not easy, girlfriend. Just so you know, we both know that. It's not easy. We did come to the point where we are the forgotten demo. I mean, hopefully that'll change. We're trying to change that narrative. But the reality is, it's a lot of work. Well, here's what's super interesting for me. And this is kind of where I was at. So picture this. I'm running a television network that does not care about me. You know, I'm, I'm over 54, which is the, was the last thing, the last age group, um, 35 to 54, 25 to 54, the last age group that made a difference to advertisers. And I get it. Everybody's in business. They've got to make their decisions. But I thought, wow, I finally have money to spend. <laughs> right, right. I, I finally have money to spend and I want to look for brands 
that are meaningful to me. And I just found that so interesting. And honestly, I, th I, th I really think that that's changing. But here is the big epiphany for me. If you are going to wait for culture or society to give you permission to live the life of your dreams, you are going to be sitting in that waiting room for a long time. And, and here's what I know is true. And what I, as I'm traveling the country now with the beautiful no and this book launch, what, what I'm hearing back to, my, back to me in, in little conversations, I'm signing a book, quick conversation with woman after woman after woman, is that that change takes place inside of ourselves. So it starts there first. We decide in ourselves that we're going to define it for ourselves. We're going to revision our lives. We're going to reimagine our lives. And then we are going to hook up with our sister girlfriends and we're going to create the power of, of upliftment. We're going to uplift one another and we're going to be uplifted by one another. And, and that is kind of the groundswell grassroots change we're going to make from the inside out and not wait for anybody to give us permission. It's so true because I speak, well, I was in advertising and marketing and when I would speak to companies, they'd be like, oh, we want, you know, we want the core. We want the core. We need the core. Our eyeballs have to be on the core. Our message has to go to the core. And I was like, dude, they have no money. They just got out of college. They're $70,000 in debt. They're having children. The core is just charging, 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 and then eventually just breaking. Mm -hmm. And people didn't get it. Now, all of a sudden, I see companies coming just to me in general saying, hey, wow, you speak to really interesting women and really interesting people. And these people have a message. And guess what? Hot damn. Others are listening. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's absolutely right. And for somebody who loves an expert like I do with a capital E, I love experts. I, I've produced them forever. I love them. I, I learned from them. I, I gleaned pieces of, of their wisdom and incorporated it into my own belief system. But here's the truth. At the end of the day, and this is from somebody who produced everybody, we need to become the experts of our own lives. We need to become the inspirers of our own lives. There's a personal recipe for the lives of our dreams that's unique to me, that's unique to you, and everybody listening. And nobody's going to come along and give us a program or a formula for what that is. That's, that's the joyride to discover and uncover what are the pieces that are available in this human experience that can, that make up your individual recipe for a joyride. And I got to tell you, since I decided at 56 to dive in and really make that my priority, like even though I, I, I'm doing work, I'm doing creative work, I'm, 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 I'm earning, you know, money in a, in a, you know, the way that we do, but I see my primary uh, priority is to do that excavation in, in every day, every week, every month. What is my recipe for the joyride today? Right. That is so, because it was no, it was no walk in the park for you. You didn't come out of college and go, okay, wow. Oh, network. Oh, Oprah went free productions. Here I am. <laughs> no, 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 girlfriend. You dabbled in, I mean, let me just give you a couple. You're, you're the Midwestern girl going to work with your thermos full of coffee and your peanut butter sandwich, and you're trotting off to the factory or the office doing your 120%. But guess what? Ain't working out for you, is it now? 
Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, that's exactly what it felt like. It was very much, I, I definitely feel like it was a Midwestern sensibility and a lunch pail work ethic. And I did everything. Yeah, I did not, my day one at the Oprah Winfrey show in an entry level position, I was 35 years old. And I had started over so many times. It's the one thing that I really highlight to younger people as, um, you know, do this. Everything else is pretty much, don't do what I did. This, do this, which is be willing to start. Don't worry about your 401k or your health insurance. Be willing to start over as many times as it takes to find, to find the work that's meaningful to you, the work that you're supposed to do. Right. I mean, for God's sakes, Cher, you worked at a toy store, okay? <laughs> you ran a handful of 7-Elevens, which blew my mind. I cannot see you cleaning a Slurpee machine. I, well, after I ran my own 7-Eleven for eight months, I delivered a baby in a parking lot. I mean, I was in it. Oh, my God. So you're in it to win it at this point. You're like, okay, 7-Eleven. I've got all this going on. Please. Whatever it takes. Yep, whatever it takes. But at the end of the day... In the morning when your feet hit the floor, girlfriend, it's tough, right? You don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a real epiphany for me as well. When I looked back, I could see in my early years right out of school, right out of when I graduated from the University of Iowa, I wouldn't, you know, you've got to know when to, when to fold it. You've got to say, well, you know, lovely people, I've learned a lot. It's time to move on. This is not it. But that was not my way. My way was... I don't know, and I'm not sure what it is. Was it a, uh, not wanting change? Was it trying to make the you know a silk purse out of a sow's ear? But everywhere I went, I would try to turn it into my path to retirement. When obviously it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. It wasn't the thing that made my heart sing, and it wasn't the thing that I was most gifted at. So it was interesting that looking back on it, I was like, oh, oh, I see. You made misery your compass. Yeah. Misery was your compass because once you got so miserable, you couldn't get out of bed, then you would make a change. And, and when, when, you, when you style your life like that, then misery is waiting for you around every corner. It's super interesting when you look back at things like that or when you look at your own life and say, what, what is guiding me? What is my North Star? And, and it's, you know, later I realized, oh my gosh, cut to the chase. Happiness needs to be your compass. Right. From relationships to work to how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, what you spend your time doing, your end game is happiness. So why not cut to the chase and start leaning into what feels good right now? Right. It's so true. And you know what? I say this all the time to people I speak to or on the show. The down and dirty of this is no guts, no glory, baby. No guts, no glory. If you don't have the guts to make the change, if you don't have the umph in your soul to go, okay, this ain't working out for me. It's, I'm going nowhere. I could care less about the 401k. I don't give two craps about retirement. I can't do this for the next 40 years. Ain't going to be no glory. Yeah, that's very true. It's very true. It's, it's kind of like, you know, no guts, no glory. Also, and, and, and maybe this is um, that from, a, from a standpoint of being willing to be brave enough to live the life of your dreams, that is 1,000% true. And then here's the other piece of that. Somebody 
who's dedicated to making loving themselves a priority will only do what feels good. We'll only do what feels good. And generationally, for, for any of us in the middle of life, you know, we've been raised with some, I'm going to call it a generational handicap in that we're raised by people who did not understand the, the amount of freedom they had. So it's like, you have to, you really should. That's what we do. A lot of guilt a lot of guilting and shoulds and, and maybe some shame and service to others before yourself. And I, I don't think the, young, the youngest women coming up the ranks right now are going to be saddled with that in the way that we were, but it's up to us to, un, to, to strip away those false beliefs oh, because sorry. there is no question that somebody who makes their happiness a priority, makes self-care their top priority, has abundant love to spill over to everyone else in their lives and to their world around it. And I've come to see it's the biggest gift you can give the world. So true. And you know what? We wore that like the 1960 Easter bonnets our moms put on our heads. We wore <laughs> like, be happy, girlfriend. You got benefits. Be happy. You have a job. Oh my gosh, you should be happy. You have okay. That is so hilarious. And I'm thinking the Easter bonnets and the patent leather shoes. That's for it. reals. That's oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like, but mom, but mom. And be like, this is what you do. But mom, you don't seem to want to do it. Well, you have to. This exactly. is what you do. This is what you do. And like, listen, I, I, I rebelled against it. My mom and I had a very contentious relationship for a really long time until until her anxiety about what I was going to become was was quelled and then and then we were easy with one another because I just I just kept saying but you don't seem that happy you have a great marriage with dad but other than that you're kind of like the 24 hour family servant and you do not seem that happy and it, it you know I I just couldn't it, none of it added up to me it really looked like my dad had the better situation. Yeah, he had the better end of that one. Yeah. Yes. My, my, my mom had drawn the old maid and was stuck with all the stuff that nobody else wanted to do in the family. Oh, my God. So true. And you know what's funny, too? When, when you're telling me at 35, you walk into the Oprah Winfrey Network. Well, they call you after the, the no. No. Mm -mm, no, you're not good enough for us, girlfriend. Get away from us. Don't buzz us. Then you get the then you get the message on your answering machine. You walk in there and you're at ground level, honey. There are kids younger than you running that ship. Oh, big time! I mean, I, I I was one of the older ones. I don't think I was the oldest one at the company. Maybe there are a couple other people, but I was one of the older ones. And and the grace and the gift of that was I knew what it was from day one, from minute one, from hour one. I was in such deep appreciation because instantly I knew I had found my path. And, and, and some of the, it doesn't matter where you are. I mean, that was rarefied air for sure. But, you know, there's all kinds of things at any job that are bothersome and irritating and that can, can bring you down when you sit in a corner and talk about it all day long with your coworkers. And I, I knew, I was like, whoa, I've been around. I've been to other places. I've worked other places. This is heaven. This is mission. This isn't a job. This is something very different indeed. Yeah. And when you look at it like that, when you look at it like this is mission, like I look at this show and I look at helping women, it, 
it becomes such a part of your soul that you lose yourself in it. You lose your self, the center of who you are to get everything to that entity, correct? Well, yeah. And, and that is, that is, that is my mistake. Those, those were my poor choices because it wasn't required of me. You know, I, I wasn't there 24 hours a day. I just, it was easy, easier for me to soar and succeed in the, all the jobs I ever had there than it was for me to, you know, really deliver and then go home and meditate and work out and eat plants and, you know, uh, clear my mind and, and do all the things. Instead, my stress relievers were I smoked for most of the time I was at the Oprah show. Uh, let's see, did I quit before the end? Yeah, I think I might've, I qu maybe I quit like the last year. Um, and, uh, I, 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 my, my working out was sporadic. I was scaling mountain peaks or doing nothing. Um, I, uh, fits and starts and fits and starts about, about self-care, lots of numbing when I was off numbing in front of the TV. Um, and all the things that very clearly I had the information <laughs> I knew what to do. I just the best of the best at your fingertips. I know. I mean, it's so crazy. Um, and, and yet I say this, I'll say this to you. It wasn't across the board. It was in some key areas, but, but that the one thing that, that the greatest company benefit that I experienced over all that time was I felt like I was being paid to build a spiritual life. Right. I grew up Catholic in Waukegan, Illinois. Um, much respect to all the people who, who, who follow that as their path. It, it wasn't super DNA deep with me. I did it because I was forced to go. And then once I got, it, got to college, I was like, I don't think that's my path. And, and it really, it was, um, it started with Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love that, oh, okay. This, this makes sense to me. And then it was Deepak and Ayanla and Bishop Jakes and Gary Zukoff and Eckhart Tolle. And one after another, I, I gleaned something from, from a show taping, what they were saying. I'd read their books and I would say, okay, there is some real quantum mystical magic going on. And what we see with our eyes, what we can see and hear with our senses is so small compared to what's really going on. Right. It's so, and I read somewhere that you once said that you were creating little pieces of light for the audience, yet, Sherry, you're following them. And it takes that, you take that to heart, you take that to soul. When you go home and at the end of the day, it feels emptier than when you were at work, there's issue, right? There's a total issue. There's a total issue. But once again, it was easier to go unconscious about those other things and just do the thing I got an A in. Yeah, that's I was getting lots of validation, lots of validation from my career and lots of validation from my parents, lots of validation from family and friends. So, oh, she's so busy was my tagline. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and if I canceled, nobody was mad because I was so busy doing important work in the world. Um, and nobody, you know, everybody's like, no, she's working for Oprah. You know, she can cancel at the last minute, which I, I did frequently. Um, but but really, the truth is, and, and it's only it's only in my in my 
reinventing, reimagining, reenvisioning the middle of my life, can I see that, oh, you just so use that as, as an excuse? And the truth is, what we're most afraid of, what a big part of my healing, honestly, was when I started doing the podcast with my friend of 30 years, Nancy Hollow. And we started doing the Sherry and Nancy show, and here's why. All of a sudden, I'm just sitting there with my girlfriend, chitty-chatting about things, talking about, you know, the, the love I hadn't found, the, the, yes. weight, the weight I hadn't reached. I was just having honest conversations with one of my, my closest girlfriends. And next thing you know, it's out, you know, next thing you know, there's 1.5 million downloads and everybody's listening to it. So that was that was kind of the beginning of and and I only see that now because now I can like my my books out there with all kinds of revelations in it and I really don't care I'm totally fine with it it's almost like all shame all humiliation all failure is 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 it's it's alchemized by light yes when all the layers are peeled away when every layer is peeled away from your soul and there's nothing left but your soul, you have nothing left to lose. Yeah. Nothing. Oh, left that's to lose. for sure. And, and, and it's like, you just see, you just see that everybody's got their stuff and, and, and you honor and respect the fact that everybody has their trunks and their suitcases full of poor choices and shame and humiliation and betrayal and all that. And really the trick for all of us is to set ourselves free, yes. to set ourselves free because everything going forward, this new elevated life, this, this reimagined life that's possible for all of us can really only be done with the lightest of baggage. Nancy and I joke that it's a carry-on situation we're going for. I haven't accomplished that in physical life yet, but in emotionally and spiritually, I'm, I'm really close now, really close. It's so true because, you know what, as we get to this age, as we get to our 50s, and I'm hoping that women in their 30s and 40s listen, when you, when you spend your whole 30s and 40s in the industry that we spent, which is entertainment, we all, I don't judge people. Oh, no, 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 I don't judge. Oh, she can wear that. That looks great on her. I don't judge. Oh, she gained 70 pounds. Oh, I don't judge her. You know, you say it over and over and over, but in your head, you're comparing them to you. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care how it rolls. And you somehow, all of a sudden, one day, wake up and go, guess what? I don't judge. And you're truthful. You don't. You can look at somebody and think, oh my God, they've lived life lessons and they've made it this far and they've made it through and they're willing to share them and there's no more judgment left. Oh, that's really beautiful. And, and I absolutely agree. And you know where I think that here's what I find so interesting in my own self, that when I've been the most judgmental of others is when I've been the most judgmental of myself. At your lowest, dude, every time. When you're at your yeah. lowest, you're like, oh my God. That doesn't That's right. That's when I'm really cranky with other people because I'm judging myself mercilessly with this very destructive and mean and um, condemning voice in my head. And when, when I replace that with the, the, the new voice I require, the tender voice, the compassionate voice, I have no judgment. Everybody gets to do what they want to do. And the people closest to me in my life, you can't let me down anymore. 
you can't let me down anymore because I have freed you. You don't have to do anything to make me happy. I'm in charge of that. Right. I think one of, for me, and again, you, we let's talk about our love lives. Like I've had a really kind of tumultuous, I mean, it's not been easy. I've had a crappy run at a couple of things and I've had a good run on a couple of things. I start pulling back. I'm really good at building walls. Okay, dude, I don't need you. I'm really strong. I can pull, I got my own weight going here. I can, I can finance my own house. I got my own personal well-being here. And when that happens, you're doing nothing but building walls because you can't be vulnerable enough to put yourself out there, right? Well, yeah, and and and, and yes, and um, you know, I would say the last couple of years for me, because I've been reticent to jump back in to a romantic life because all of my choices were were, you know, it, it was heady and passionate and also debilitating and destructive. So it felt like I could not trust myself to choose. Um, oh yeah. Bad choices. Yeah. Yeah. To choose like amazing um, soul deep, um, you know, uh, supportive uh, of kind of romantic love relationships. So, you know, that's one of the things I've been working on because that armor is, is, is deep. That armor is tough. And, 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 and here's what's funny. So uh, Dr. Laura Berman, who's a relationship expert that Nancy and I talk to quite frequently, and she's, she's had some real, real talks with me saying that you have so much validation for your masculine energy, for your make it happen, make it happen, making it happen. And she's, she continues to encourage me to excavate my divine feminine. It's, it's like, which I'm, I'm really loving. And I see that. I see that very clearly that you can be an equal partner, but also your, your feminine energy can rule the day in that relationship. So I feel like I'm ready. I feel like I'm ready, you know, to meet a, um, you know, uh, uh, the right guy for me. So how do you pair wet share? How do you pirouette? How do you, how do you make that turn? How do you take that, you know, that exit? What do you do? Do you, you just kind of go out there kind of open and, and waiting for it to happen? What is the pirouette here? Well, I, I think, I, I don't think it's waiting for it to happen. I think it's making a decision that, 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 okay, walls are down, guard is down and I'm super open. And when I walk into a room and so I, I just moved to a new place. I just moved to the Napa Valley and I'm, I'm out at new places and I'm being invited to things. And I walk into the room eagerly expectant to meet interesting people. I'm not shut down like, oh God, you know, and, and, and the thing, the protective thing I would do for myself was crazy. It would be something like this. Oh, those are really ugly shoes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know what? He, 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 he's dressed really poorly. Oh, or I'd instantly start the judging machine. But listen, again, I'm going to go back to what I just said. It's because I was judging myself so harshly. You know, you're not pretty enough to be lovable. You're not this enough. So now it's just like it's an openness. And I, you know, I, I think everybody will find their own way on that. I honestly really believe you just have to have a change of heart and it's, and, and it will materialize mm -hmm. and you need to just keep, um, keep 
checking that vibrational uh, atmosphere that you're creating, that you are emotionally available, that you are from, from a soul level, super available and interested and interest and interested in giving and receiving love and how that looks like for everybody else. I have friends who online date and they love it. Putting on their kitten heels and their, and their berry lipstick is their favorite thing on earth. I would want to cut off some fingers. So that's not my way. That's not my way. And I I really do believe, I mean, I believe what I, that what, what I know is true that when you make that vibrational atmospheric shift, then, then the, the, the next right dream is right there for you. I believe, you know what, we're all as women and, and you and I being in the media. Okay. As women, we're spoon fed spoon-fed what's supposed to be we're spoon-fed you've got to look beautiful oh my god you can't look 50 no you can't look 60 and you gotta be thin you gotta be this you gotta be that and holy cow she's gorgeous and she's gorgeous because she gets this some of the most beautiful models and iconic models in this country i have spoken to and they've been like oh no i felt like such a loser i couldn't get a guy because it's a hamster wheel that plays over and over or a broken record that goes over and over in your head. And until you jump off and look at it, you don't realize it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, here's the thing. Every, you, well, there, there are as many universes, there's a, as many worlds as there are us. Yeah. And, and you have no idea how someone else feels. You know, having all that attention on your physicality can be very trying. So you have friends that, that, you know, in their younger years were, were like considered super beautiful, you know, so as time passes, it's, it's, it's challenging, you know, it's, it, it can be challenging for, for them to physically change. That's less a problem for me. Yeah. You know, I look better than I did when I was 20. So, um, you know, it's less of an issue for me. Um, but I have other things. I have other things. And I think, you know, maybe the thing for us and, and uh, you know, that the, the spiritual soul sister um, uh, kind of invisible threads that bind us all is just really extending um, the tenderness that we need to express to ourselves, extending that outward with everybody we meet. So no, comp- like really deciding that I'm really not going to compare and judge anymore because it's really only something I'm doing to myself. And I know that is not the life of my dreams. And I'm just going to know that everybody's had their, their darkest days and everybody needs comfort and love and care and, and sweetness. So true. And you know what? I've just started and just recently, I think I've, I've, trying to do the practice of speak to myself like I'd speak to others. I mean, one tough mother came about because of people always coming to me for advice. My kids used to say, oh my gosh, why do people always come to you for advice? They should know what a tough mother you truly were because I was the single mother of four kids for the biggest part of their lives. So I would speak to them so compassionate and so caring and when people would come it could be from can you read this greeting card to me and tell me if this is fitting for my daughter too oh my gosh how do I get my husband to come back and so many things in between and I would really I would spend a lot of time you know focusing and trying to figure out what would be the best thing for them but when it came to me I'd be like dude you lose you are not good at this this is not your game right 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 yeah 
And you did it too. I mean, you were at the top. You climbed the Gilded Golden Ladder and you were considered the top of the top. And did you or did you not give primo excellent advice to everyone that asked for it and your own game was, okay, I'm going to order Chinese when I get home. Absolutely. So we all, I want women to know, everyone that listens to this, we all go through the same exercises. We all go through the same thing. You just have to be brave enough to identify it and call it out and call it out to yourself. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and that process I call the reckoning, where you literally sit down and you say, okay, right this minute, what have I created in all the areas of my life? And, and what is it the life, what is the life that I want to live? And, and what are the choices that I'm going to make to get there? Right. And I mean, that's, that's the beginning. You start is, to prove to yourself that it's possible. It's so true. And like with you, like, okay, so the big pirouette came, you left the Oprah umbrella, you're out on your own, you've purchased a new home, you've got your babies, which are adorable little doggies because I got two little dogs, so I love dogs. You write this amazing, honest, raw, just right to the bone share, right to the bone book. Like nobody's going to ever wonder about what you thought, how you felt, because you've written it all in print and you're full steam ahead now. Are you happy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel a freedom. I, I have a free, I feel a freedom I've never allowed myself. And it's the freedom to really, um, you know, do what I want, do what I want with who I want, when, when I want. Um, I feel in a sense of appreciation. Um, not a lot of rear view mirror looking. I mean, of course I, I traveled back to write this book, but not much anymore. It's, it's the rear view mirror. It's like, I give it a kiss. I blow it a kiss and I look forward because that's where all my power is, is right in this moment today and where I'm going from here. And I, 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 you know, I, I marvel at the simplest things and those, those moments of deep appreciation kind of raise everything in my life. They raise my mood. They raise how I feel about myself, how I feel about my life and this human experience. And I get that, that all these practices, like this is the moment to really fine tune what the, my personal recipe is for that life of my dreams. That's so true. And you know what? I, I, the formula is so simple. And when I read the formula in print at the end of your book, I read it again and then I went back and read it again because the formula is for a happy life. That's just happiness. Yeah. B bingo. That's it. I mean, people are like, oh, he doesn't make me happy. Mm -mm -mm. This job does not make me happy. That commute didn't make me happy. Holy cow. I had this um, stroganoff. I was not happy. Guess what? The formula is to choose happiness. Yeah. And it's so simple. And we just think it over and over and over. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Which is, it's, um, it's not being a reactor. You, you, you're kind of being, you're, you're, you're taking a proactive stand for your life. I'm going to have a great day and I'm going to create a delicious salad and I'm going to have, um, you know, th that's the one thing I think that we get really lost on, especially when we're laboring, when we're toiling for 50, 
40, 50, 60 hours a week is that we think we're, we're going to a job to do a task. But the truth is we're in that space with those people for, 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 for something much bigger. And it might not be forever. It might only be a short time, but there's more going on there too. And, and, you know, I think of all the times where I would find myself complaining or, or bitching about this and that and, and the other. And the truth is I wasn't tending to my task, which is where I go, I need to be up, I need to uplift myself and be an uplifter. That's my contribution to the world. You know, we, we, we talk, you know, we volunteer until we're resentful. Um, we write checks that we're resentful of writing to, 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 to charities where we keep bemoaning how the world needs to be a better place. But the world is a better place when we tend to our happiness so because happy people really make the world a better place. It, and you know what? The simplest things are the easiest things. To walk into a store and smile at someone and say good morning. To let hold the door for someone. To let someone in front of you in yeah. in a line of traffic that you could be there forever. I mean, I, I I'm in Manhattan coming out, and it could be you yeah. feel like it's going to be days. And oh my God, if I don't get home in the next ten minutes, you know, it becomes like you make it so enormous in your brain, but it isn't. It's a moment in time. Yeah. It's a moment in time. One of the things that I think I got most from your book is we all have choices. We all have choices. I don't give a crud if you're poor, if you're rich, if you're tall, if you're short, if you're skinny, if you're fat, if you're big, or if you're small. We all have choices. And the choices we make, make our lives. Very much so. You know, I, um, I, was, I, was, I was flipping through Instagram um, and I wrote about this in the book because, and it's really happened only recently, and it, it stopped me in my tracks. And it was um, one of my old friends, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's very, he's, he's a madman, mad marketing man. And he had posted this tile, this quote that said, love yourself first, love yourself most. And I, I'm, still, I'm still circling the, the, the airport on that. Because love yourself first, I got, I mean, we've talked about, you know, that on the Oprah show, uh, a gazillion. So we've talked about it for so long that I think for a lot of us women, that that's become a bit cliche. And then when it's coupled with love yourself most, like, what, what does that even mean? Right. And kind of untangling that for ourselves. If we were to love ourselves most, then the search is over. Then nobody has to do anything anything for anything for us they don't have to live a certain way to for for us to feel good about our lives if we love ourselves most then we become those inspirers and uplifters that really raise up everybody in the vicinity of where we are and where we work and where we play and where we create our homes so, i'm really thinking i'm giving that a lot of thought these days and the weird thing is that Gary Vee, who I also know, um, he had a quote that I just recently actually, you know how you screenshot it and save it? I thought, dude, I'm screenshotting this and saving this because I'm going to push this out there. And it's either we make ourselves miserable or we make ourselves strong. It takes the same amount of work. And when you level it like that, yeah. Like, oh my God. It's so true. I mean, if I spent 25 minutes bitching about the fact that 
the traffic has moved two miles, it's not going to change anything. The traffic's still going to move two miles. So I could enjoy music. I can enjoy a podcast. I can enjoy talking to a friend on my hands free, whatever the case. Or I can sit there stewing because it's moved two miles. It's not going to change. Amen, sister. So, I mean, I just want to, I just want to get to the, to the very last question because I think it's an amazing, you've done an amazing job. It's an amazing book. Um, kudos on your career. Kudos on your next 50 years. Actually, I think they will be absolutely your best. And today I have to ask you, so Shari Salato, what's your life lesson? That we're supposed to live the lives of our dreams. And if not now, when? Right. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Sherry, a lot for your time. Thank you for your energy. And thank you for reminding us that um, we're all captains of our own ship. You either go down with the ship or you steer it straight. So That's right. you've only got that much time to do it. Thank you so, so much. I love your book. Again, a beautiful now, beautiful title. The book's amazing. I, I find myself going back to certain things that I, I want to reread and reread, which is always a good thing. And I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so The Beautiful No is at all the bookstores. And I also built a website, thebeautifulno.com. And you can get the free 64-page companion workbook, which is really good. We really spent a lot of time on it. And, and then you can have your, your own Beautiful No experience. Very cool. Definitely. And the podcast? The Sherry and Nancy Show on all the platforms. Sherry and Nancy Show. It's such a, it's such a middle Midwest name. The Sherry and Nancy <laughs> Show. Hello, friends. It's the Sherry and Nancy Show. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. So, Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks oh for God. listening, everybody. Thank you. And, you know, I believe that lives intersect for a reason. And I'm, I'm going to treasure getting to know you. It was, it was an amazing interview. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. Wow. An amazing interview. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry Salata, for the gift of your time. It was an amazing interview. Everyone, get out there and look for her book, The Beautiful No. A lot of life lessons, a lot of great nuggets. It's just an incredible book. And today's mother says is, fortune favors the bold. Remember, no guts, no glory. You have to get out there. You have to keep trying. You have to keep going. No guts, no glory, because fortune favors the bold. Have an amazing week, everyone. And I can't wait for you to listen to next week's show. We have another incredible guest. So everyone, be good, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.